So this morning we're going to be talking about fellowship. We're going to be talking about the importance of fellowship. We're going to be talking about what fellowship is and especially why we need fellowship. And I think it needs to be explained, very specifically explained, what fellowship is and what we get out of it. So that we're reminded that we come here on Sundays, we know why. So we are continuing our series of overcoming and the topic being fellowship, and you might think, well, okay, what does fellowship have to do with overcoming? It's the idea of being together, having fellowship, helps you to overcome things that you deal with during the week. And we're going to touch on some of that as we go through this lesson. So looking at the reading, we saw that Jesus taught his apostles how his church should function. And this we can see from the day of Pentecost and onward. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And so we, we know that the church has begun. We know that 3,000 were added to the church that day. And take a look at what they were doing, what we consider fellowship. All right? So Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And we read, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So we see the word fellowship in there. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So those who were part of the church had fellowship with one another and we can see what they were doing together take a look they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings well the apostles teachings came from christ now we have the word of god we have christ's teachings and we devote ourselves to those teachings they devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread that's usually uh, a sentence or an expression referring to partaking of the lord's supper which we did just a, a couple of uh, 5 10 15 minutes ago so we do that we do that when we get together on the lord's day they devoted themselves to prayer. We do that also. They were together and had everything in common. Well, that one's a little different. A commentator by the name of H. Leobold stated, it simply means that they were together in mind, in purpose, in faith, and in heart. It refers to the unity of spirit and mind and not so much to unity of organization. So it's the idea they were all on the same page. And that's what it means. They were on the same page on all things. They sold their possessions and goods in order to supply the needs of other brothers. So out of that one, there comes two principles that we can look at. And first of all, individual willing sacrifices were made for the good of the whole group. So whoever had extra they sold, they made sure that everybody was taken care of. Does that mean that we have to do that today? Well, no. I mean, if we have two houses, we're not supposed, we don't have to sell one house to be able to take care of the needs of the saints. It's the idea of the willingness, the sacrifice. What are we willing to do to take care of each other? And the second principle that comes out of that is every member took responsibility for each other, looking after one another so that no one is lacking anything. This is what God does for us. Do we take the time to think about that? This is what God does for us. It isn't his responsibility to take care of us. If we think it is, we're wrong. But he does so because he loves us. That's what God does for us. He does it out of love, and we should do that for others out of love. They met every day in the temple. So does that mean we have to meet every single day? Well, obviously the situation back then is different. 
first century, we have to realize it's the beginning of the church. Jews in the first century had to journey to Jerusalem once a year for the three festivals. They had sold everything they had to make that journey, some of them, and they made it there and everything had changed. So they saw no reason to go back. They just stayed there because all the teachings were new. It was exciting. They stayed put and they learned. We could meet together every day if we want to, but we're only commanded to meet on the Lord's Day. And so, Jesus changed everything when he came. They were under the Old Testament law. Now everything changes. It changes for us too. Think about it. It's 2,000 years now, and now we're worshiping in this setting, and we're worshiping the Lord. And so, we have the teachings of Christ in written form now. We can read them. We can study them. We can choose how often we meet together. But the Lord's Day is mandatory. That we know. And so, the more we meet, the more we have fellowship with one another. But what does fellowship mean, right? We're going to touch on that in a minute. What else happened in the first century in those verses that we looked at? They met in their homes and ate together. Well, some of us get together sometimes, right? We eat in each other's homes. We have lunch together. We have dinner together. Nothing has changed in 2,000 years. looks like we're still doing that, right? And finally, they had gratitude in their hearts to God and praised him. They acknowledged God and everything they did, and they were thankful people. And we need to be thankful people. That's 2,000 years later, nothing should change. We should still be doing the same thing. So in Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, we learn that Peter and John continued to preach the gospel. And the church went from 3,000 and went up to 5,000. So it was growing. Church was growing, and they were having fellowship together. So now, what about this word, fellowship? What about that? Well, the word fellowship has been really badly misused today in our world. And a lot of people of different faiths and religions have spoken of getting together and having fellowship with one another. But what does that word really mean? And where does it get its root from? Well, that's what we want to look at. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Koinonia. The word is a noun, and it literally means organic unity, participation, and close relationship. But if we take a look at the verb form of that word, which is koinoneo, it's translated as having fellowship when we read our Bibles. It might help to clear things up. It means I participate or I share. So when we have fellowship, we're participating. We're sharing. But what are we participating in? What are we sharing? We are sharing in the Holy Spirit. We share the one spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 tells us that if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Romans 8:16 further tells us that the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are united in him. And because of this, we have fellowship with God. And we have fellowship with one another. We have a uniting with each other. We have a participation with each other. We do that when we come here on Sundays, on the Lord's Day, to worship together. We are found to be in Christ. And we have a common sharing in the Lord. And so, take a look, if you will. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And so John describes the experience that they've had. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He's talking about Jesus. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. 
We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So we have fellowship with the Father. We have fellowship with the Son. We have fellowship with the Spirit. We share the one Spirit. Now, what benefits do we get out of fellowship? Well, I could name off all kinds of benefits that we get of sharing with the Lord, of being united with the Lord. But I'm going to talk specifically about certain things that refer to us, for us together. When we have fellowship with one another, not necessarily with God, but when we have fellowship with one another, remember the definitions. Share, participate. What happens? What do we get out of it? Why do we need to have fellowship? So the first point I want us to look at is we need to have fellowship because God commanded it. We need to have fellowship because God commanded it. For me, that's good enough. I don't need any other reason. If God commanded that we have to be together and we have fellowship, that should be all there is to it. We're told to meet with each other every Lord's Day so that we can have fellowship with each other. We participate in worship together. We share ourselves together, our lives together. It's God's design. It's his idea, and he commanded it. Point number two. When we have fellowship, we share ourselves with others to encourage them and to get encouragement. How often have you come here and you felt discouraged by something that happened during the week, and you arrive here and you get the encouragement you need from a brother or sister, just from talking with them, just from them listening to, the, to what you're telling them, the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're dealing with? It helps. God is very a very wise God. God designed the church the way that he did, specifically so we can get encouragement, so we can come together. Some people only come out on Sunday because they're unable to meet during the week. Well, it is the only time they can get that encouragement they need. God designed his church the way he did, and he commanded that we meet on the Lord's Day so that we get that encouragement for the week ahead. Remember, this is the first day of the week. So we're getting the encouragement we need to get through the week until we can come together again. We edify each other when we get together as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. God expects us to do that when we come together, when we have fellowship. Encourage one another. Build each other up. We need that. This is a very sinful world. When we get out those doors and we have to deal with the world during the week, we need that encouragement. We need to be reminded of who we are. We need to be reminded of God and his word. And so, point, the next point, we have fellowship to be a blessing to others. Have we ever thought of that? That we're coming here to be a blessing to somebody else. I often hear people say, you know, I come out for worship and I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, we don't come here to get something out of it. We come to, to put something in, to bring something, to, to, to have the mindset to encourage someone else, to have the mindset I want to be a benefit to somebody else when I come out for worship. It's the mindset we should have. But we're told we each have gifts to help others. One body, many parts, many gifts. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at a few verses in there. For 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verses 12 to 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So you notice, we talked about the sharing of the spirit. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
So we are all of many parts. Then down to verse 18, we read this. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. We're all different parts. We all have different functions. We all have different gifts. Why? Because we're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to help each other. One person has the gift of being able to greet people with a smile. Another one has the gift of maybe, hey, can I come over to your place to help you with whatever that work is that you're, you're stressed out about? We all have different gifts. God has designed the church the way that he did. We all have the gifts, and we all need to use them. And then down in verse 27, and he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We're each part of the, the body. We each function in a different way. We each have a different gift that we can contribute, that we can be a blessing to someone else. And we need to use those gifts to serve others. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And notice what Peter said. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So we are to use whatever gifts we have to serve. We shouldn't think that we can come here and just sit idle and do nothing. We have a role to play, each and every one of us. We have to use the gifts that we have in order to build each other up. So the next point is we meet and have fellowship to prepare us for heaven. To prepare us for heaven. This is a very important point. Remember the definitions I mentioned a while ago. Participate. Share. If we can't get along here, what makes us think we're going to get along up there? And on top of that, what makes us think God's going to allow us into heaven with that kind of attitude, right? This is kind of a training ground for us, the church. God designed things the way that he did so that we can interact and get along now. We are the family of God. We're going to be together in heaven. We need to work at it here. We need to realize that we have to be better people. We have to change. And so we meet, we have fellowship to prepare us for heaven. We're the family of God who's going to heaven. Participation is mandatory. Participation is mandatory. We all have to participate. And next point, we, ha we meet to have fellowship because it helps us in our walk of faith. We meet together, it helps us. It helps us in our walk of faith, doesn't it? Many, if not most, have stories of trials and hardships which they have faced and overcome. I could talk to someone here who may be in their 70s, and they can tell me stories of things that they went through and they struggled. That helps me. That builds my faith up. It gives me tools. It gives me blocks to help me to figure out how to overcome and how to build my faith even further. And so we can learn and grow from others, which helps, our, helps us with our faith. Whatever we might go through spiritually, chances are someone else has experienced it here. I'm sure that I could talk about bring up a subject, and someone has already dealt with that and gone through it here. And they can help me, and my faith will grow from, as a result from that. We are together to hold each other's hands and to get each other through tough times, to pray for one another, to remind each other that God is always there. That's what we're supposed to do. We're a family. We're supposed to help each other. Just as Noah and Enoch walked with God, 
We do too. But we do it together as the body of Christ. They did it individually. We do it together. We walk with God. God holds our hand and we're to hold each other's hand. And we're to help each other. We help each other to build up our faith. And the last point. What we get out of fellowship is comfort from one another. Comfort from one another. Take a look, if you will, at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 to 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 to 7. And notice what it says. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Notice, through one of his people. God brought one of his people to help them, to comfort them. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. We receive comfort from one another. We get that. The Lord provides comfort in our times of need. Just as Paul and others were comforted by the coming of Titus and the longing of the Corinthian brethren, so too we're comforted by each other when we come together. Comfort, in turn, brings encouragement. You won't get that if you're not here. You won't get that if you don't get together with your brothers and sisters. What ends up happening is you struggle alone with whatever you're dealing with. We get that comfort when we come together. We need to be together. The encouragement brings us even closer together. It reminds us that we're a family. As a family, we need to care for each other. We need to comfort one another. So getting together for worship and having fellowship with each other is a blessing. But do we have an attitude that it is a blessing? Or do we get out of bed and go, here we go again. It's the Lord's Day. I've got to drag myself to the building, etc. What kind of attitude do we have when we come to have fellowship? Do we have the right attitude? Do we see it as a blessing the way we should? We're a family. We need to remember who the head of the family is. That's a vital point, that Jesus is the head of the family. We're coming together to be with our Lord. He died to save us. He died for us so that we can have this relationship, so that we can have this participation, we can have this sharing, this fellowship. He made that happen. We we need to remember Jesus. And so let us finish with an invitation. Are you in Christ? Have you obeyed the gospel of Christ? And if not... Why not come forward and hear the good news of salvation? Learn how you can be saved and added to the family of God. Remember Acts 2, verse 47? Jesus added daily those who were being saved to the church. Jesus is the only one who can add you to his church. If you haven't done that, do that this morning. Come forward as we sing our invitation song together. Let's stand as we sing our last song of the morning.